Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Hey, guys and gals in podcast listening, this is Drew and Sam Talk Training, episode number 47. I am Sam with Fowser Consulting. I am Drew Helmholtz with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. In this episode, we are going to, heck, I don't know, talk training. What do you think, Drew? I mean, it is the name of the podcast. And since we've done this new format, it's what we do every three or four episodes. So yeah, let's let's actually do some of that. I think that's fantastic. But listen, before we jump into that, I'm, I'm scrolling through Facebook here and I'm looking at, uh, at Carrie's page, the women in dominoes and, uh, Amber Swinehart from Alaska, apparently posted the craziest video I've ever seen in Alaska. She says that they have an annual car launch off a cliff and she painted, uh, up a car to look like a Domino's pizza delivery vehicle. And this thing just goes flying off a cliff and it is nuts. So Amber, if you're out there, uh, first of all, thanks for not putting a car top sign on that thing as it flew off the cliff. But this is, uh, this is pretty funny stuff. Uh, I, <laughs> it was, if you haven't seen it yet, Drew, uh, search it out. Again, it's on, it's on Carrie's page, The Women in Domino's. And uh, Amber Swinehart, and it's just this red, white, and blue painted car flying off a cliff. And I've watched it, I don't know, 67 times, and I laugh every single time I see it. So with that said, let's talk training, shall we? Well, Sam, I always joke around that, you know, here in our wee little town of Dexter, there's not a lot for kids to do. Stop it. How Stop little it. Stop is it. there for someone to do? If they have the annual car launch in Alaska, <laughs> like, 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 you look around the town and go, we're kind of bored today. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, that's true. And you know, if, if Dexter did something like that, based on our conversation from a couple days ago, it sounds like you've got three possible candidates in your driveway right now that would be ready for launch. Actually, after we're done recording today, I'm replacing the 15-year-old Dodge Avenger with a seven-year-old Chrysler 200. So, nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dang. Yeah. And the dealership told us that the Dodge Avenger, because the light in the dash is out, so you can't read the mileage on it, you have to plug in. Um, it's worth 300 bucks. $300. Wow. Hey, you know, the Chelsea Fair is coming up and there's a demolition derby. That might be a better use of the three hundred dollars than three hundred dollars. I mean, actually, that would be totally amazing. I'm, <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, I I know there would be zero use to these advertising dollars, but I'd go in half on that three hundred with you, and we could we could paint it up. Fowler Consulting better than yesterday consulting, and and we are here to smash your goals. This is what you call brainstorming, listeners. This is this is how the magic happens. You're listening to Show Prep on the Fly with Drew and Sam. Um. All right. So in episode 46, our taken, we talked about this dough management sheet and using temperature. And we started to go into more talking about dough management. 
I think it'd be fantastic if we uh, continued that conversation here on episode 47. And let's do that. And let's have Tom Petty kick us off. So we won't be learning to fly, but we will be learning to try. No, try not. Do or do not. There is no try. Uh, thank you, Yoda. For those of you that didn't listen to episode 46, Drew, let's, uh, let's recap the top two reasons of why you should proof your dough. Coming in at reason number two. The pizzas taste better for your customers. And the top answer on today's survey, we surveyed 100 people across America, and the number one answer was... It's easier for the pizza maker. So let's jump into that. Let's talk about dough management and how to get it done and and jump into why it's more important and talk about some tips and tricks we've seen, we've done, and, uh, and help people make better pizzas and have more fun. So if I may... Can I start with what the current ideal state would be and why they don't manage dough? I'm ready. All right. So the current ideal state means that every night at at close, you're counting all of your dough and you're doing at least a dough inventory. This way you have a cool little sheet. Maybe it's in your app, wherever, however it is, hopefully it's in the app. You count your dough. You have all these numbers. You can then take those numbers and plug them right into your dough proofing report which is right there around your orders and your inventory in the same tab. And you can plug the numbers in because you need to plug in how many trays you have and how much time is on each one. And then a computer will look back at your last six weeks and say, cool, you need to pull one tray at 10, three trays at 12, two trays at noon, three trays at two. And it'll print all that out for you. And then you have to put that report somewhere and remind yourself to pull that dough each time. Two-hour reminder on this day, a three-hour reminder on that day, a four-hour reminder on that day, and that's why it doesn't get done. Because, Sam, we are creatures of habit, and that system doesn't create a habit. I am constantly having to change what I do each day to manage dough correctly, and it's why no one does it, because I have to think about it, and when I have to think about things, they're difficult. And if they're difficult, I don't want to do them, especially if the perceived value is negligible. Current ideal state. Correct. You know, I like what you said there at the end, and that's the perceived value. I think what a lot of our leaders are doing inside their restaurants is they're simply looking at this on the surface and they're saying, there's one more thing you want me to do. There's one more thing I have to do in my busy day. And they're not hitting that that value equation that that you'd love to talk about and is simply a great thing. And there absolutely is this, it's just darn easier to make pizzas with well-proof dough. I was talking in a workshop in Kentucky, we were talking about product and we talk about things like, you know, your cheese has to be tempered. And what happens when you make pizzas with frozen cheese and you can everybody, you can see everybody just start shaking in their chair and they Filled up their hands and like my fingers get frozen. And that's the first thing we think about. We don't think about that the cheese isn't going to melt or bake the correct way. We think about what happens to us and dough management should be the same way. Think about when you've gone through a boost week and maybe you had to use 
dough that was right off the truck because it's all you had. When I think of those scenarios, the first thing I think about is my fingers start to hurt. And I think about trying to stretch a dough to 13 inches and hope it only comes back to 12 inches and not to 11 or 10. And it's just, you're constantly fighting the dough when it's underproofed. And like you said, in episode 46, that overproof dough, you pull it out of the tray and it's already too big and it's already too thin in the center and too thick on the edges because you couldn't do anything in it. And I'm sure there's listeners out there right now saying, oh, you haven't seen me make pizza with overproof dough. I'm a master. And that's great. Good for you. I'm, I'm so glad that you can do that. My question to you would be, can you make a better pizza that's going to taste better and is easier for you out of well-proofed dough? And if your answer is anything but yes, then um, <laughs> we've got an integrity issue. <laughs> Sam, the, the whole I can make a great pizza out of zero-day dough or eight-day dough, I'm, I'm awesome. It's no different than you're asked to drive across country and, and for our listeners, uh, Sam generally doesn't fly. He drives. So Sam, what if you were asked to drive across country and your three choices were your car, your fabulous terrain with all the bells and whistles that Mr. Sam Fowler wants in his little command space while he's driving around the country. I like that choice. Or my daughter's 2008 Dodge Avenger that we're about to trade in for 300 bucks that uh, the seat is no longer adjustable. You have no idea how many miles you've driven. The radio only works on like three channels. Parts of the car, every time you hit a bump, something falls off the car. So my gas mileage is going to increase along the road because I'm pulling less weight. <laughs> yes, it will. That's the only benefit. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with my car that I know will start, that I'll be comfortable in, that I can get the radio stations I want, uh, because that's going to make my life easier and more comfortable. Could you still get the job done with the $300 car? I mean, it's possible. Right. And that's, I think that's how we're making pizzas, right? Everybody should want their comfy car. And that comfy car is three, four day dough. That's had like 30 minutes to an hour to, to warm up to 45, 50 degrees. And you can do it where it's that same dough every day. Why wouldn't you want the same dough every day? It gets comfortable. It gets easy. It makes a great tasting product. It looks gorgeous. It doesn't have that, that weird old person brown speckling. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, when yeah. You, when, you look at, when you look at grandpa's hand and he's got the good old brown spots, like the dough looks like that when it gets old too. It gets all like discolored. And like, why would you do that to the customers or to yourself of fighting dough every day, every pizza? When you could just take 10 minutes. In fact, what Sam's about to walk you through is going to be less than 10 minutes. Back in the day when we were still Domino's Pizza, it was obvious that pizza was our core product. I think if you looked at your product mix now, I got to believe that somewhere north of 85% of your orders, and I'm just pulling that number out of the air, but somewhere north of 85% of your orders have pizzas on them. So we've got to be able to make pizzas. And the easiest way to make great pizzas is to start with great dough. And like we talked about on Taken, you know, you talked about the dough doctor from out West. And he said that we were the only pizza people on the face of the planet 
that proof dough using time instead of temperature. Time is the same regardless of anything. 60 seconds in a minute, 60 minutes in an hour, 24 hours in a day, it goes on and on and on and on. But dough proofing is not the same regardless of anything. How cold is it? How warm is it? What's the humidity? What's the temperature in your store? Is the air moving? Is the air stagnant? There are just so many different variables that temperature really gives you the best chance of having great dough proofing. So again, it's on both Drew and I's sites. If we didn't get it already, reach out to me and I'll send it to you. But this sheet that Lance put together with the temperatures and the time, regardless of the situation, and it gives you variables too. If your ambient temperature in your store is plus five degrees, add this, add that. It's just, it's really, really well thought out. Lance did a great job with this and it's available for you. You don't have to figure it out. You know, if you can read, you can use this sheet. And if you invest in these ThermoWorks dots, they've got alarms on them. And if you want to go a little more high tech, like my good friend Drew does when he's brewing and smoking, smoking meat, uh, is uh, you can go Bluetooth and have it get to your phone. But there's information. There's tools to make this easier for you, which will make your job easier. So dough proofing, important? Completely. Okay, completely. Yeah. And then I think you have to go to the next step. And that's what are you doing inside your walk-in cooler so that every single team member, regardless of their level of skill or their level of knowledge, knows where to get the right tray of dough. Now. You know, we've seen many different methods, Drew, of of marking the dough when it's in the cooler. You know, there's the, I put the next used dough in the same spot in the cooler every time. To me, that's the least effective way. Can we, can we stop a second? Can we back up? We started this with me describing what the ideal state was according to the corporate training that I either helped create or like the dough proofing report. Like I gave the spreadsheet to IT to say, please put this in the system. And that system's too complicated. For our listeners, real quick, before we get into how you organize it, can you explain the repeatable system that you're talking about with these STEM, STEM thermometers so they understand what the difference is here? Yeah, absolutely. So you've got a sheet somewhere in your store that is posted probably near where you are going to proof your dough. You've got a stem thermometer that has an audible alarm on it when it hits a certain temperature. You've got one stem thermometer for each size of dough because we don't need to put a stem thermometer in every stack of large dough that comes out. We put the thermometer in. We set the alarm for the temperature we want the dough to reach. We put the dough outside somewhere where we can keep an eye on it away from heat sources. We're not going to put it next to the heat rack. We're not going to put it next to the oven. And then as we're making pizzas and we're going about our business, running our shift, that alarm goes off and we say, hey, we've got to put that dough back in. And then the dough goes back in after you check it. And the great thing about this particular system is I still want you to check it because that's important. But if the dough is the temperature it's supposed to be, it's going to look the way you expect it to look. And then it should go back in the cooler. I'm a huge fan of counting inventory, but is counting the inventory each night required? 
I don't think that it is with this particular system. Okay. I don't, I, I, and then I'm not trying to debate if you should be counting inventory. I'm not, I'm just right. saying like, it's not a required step. Correct. So do I need to print? Do I need to print a, do I need to enter in all of my dough quantities and types into a report? Well, with this system, you don't because on the sheet, you're going to have your usage per thousand of how many trays. So you can do a little bit of math every day. So no, you don't need to. Okay, cool. Do I need to remember or set an alarm on my phone to pull more dough every hour, two hours, three hours, four hours, five hours? I think you can get away without that. All I need to do is look at the chart, do some math, pull eight trays, pull eight trays out, stack them correctly and stick a stem thermometer in the middle. I, I think that's where I'm at. Yeah. And then when the stem thermometer goes beep, 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 know that I can move it either into my walk-in because I'm pre-proofing, not a fan, but fine. Or I can move it right to the front counter because I'm going to use it. That is correct, sir. And then once I move that to the front counter, rinse and repeat. Pull out another stack, look at the chart, keep going. That's the fact, Jack! That's the fact, Jack! That is a repeatable process that it doesn't matter what day it is, what time it is. It doesn't take a ton of thought. Alarm goes off, move dough to counter, pull more dough out, stick thermometer in dough. Alarm goes off, pull dough to counter. That's kind of nice and easy. Correct. Way easier than what I explained at the beginning of this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is way easier. Let's dive in for just a second. So we talked about the pre-proof in the dough and you said not a big fan. And I would agree with that. I'm not a big fan as well. I think for our folks that are living in the real world, they are going to understand that pre-proofing is necessary in some points. And I think you and I would both agree with that. And I think the other thing that might be worth talking about is maybe I'm a general manager and tomorrow's my day off. I don't have my strongest assistant manager running the shift, but I want to set them up for success. So maybe I feel more comfortable pre-proofing dough for them for tomorrow. So they've got less things to do as they're early on in their leadership journey. And I want them to be focusing on other things. And then I'm going to slowly get them into that. Also, you've got a proof dough for your shift. What, what do you, what do you think about that? I don't disagree, actually. I wouldn't proof dough. So the only time I pre-proof dough is if I've got the school lunch orders or the, the big orders before noon, right? If I have a four or five hour proof window and I need X pizzas before noon and I don't want to be in at seven or 8 a.m., that's the only time I pre-proof dough and I would only pre-proof what I need for that shift. So I'm not pre-proofing 30 trays. I'm pre-proofing like seven, right? That's the only time I would pre-proof. I think with this system of look at the chart, Rolex dough out, stick a thermometer in. I can teach that to the CSR on their, on their third day of making pizzas. I can teach that to, so that the assistant manager knows it and it's part of what they do because there's no one else in the store, I'll do it. If there's anybody else in the store making pizzas, that's like my pizza maker's job is to make sure that the dough is, is being rotated and proofed correctly because the system's easy. I don't need to count anything. I don't need to access a report. I don't need a password. All I need to do is look at the spreadsheet. And if I'm a CSR, ask my manager, how much am I going to do the next four hours? Oh, X. Okay. That means I need Y trays of dough. Boom, done. And so I would, I look at this the other way that the only time I'd pre-proof is because I need 
whatever. I've got 140 pizzas that need to go out at 11 and I don't want to come in at 6 a.m. to pull dough out. I like where you went with that. I think that makes perfect sense. I think we are now in agreement completely. So I, I like that a lot. So let's jump back into the walk-in cooler. If we have dough that's been proofed for today, let's chat about some of the ways we've seen that people are making it easier for when that driver comes in, he's on his first or second shift and we say, go get me a tray of large dough, how we can make sure that he comes out with the correct large dough. What have you seen? What do you like? What don't you like? Well, refresh my memory because if, if I'm, if I remember correctly from the training and as walk-ins get bigger, this matters more and more near the doors. If you have plural doors is warmer than away from the doors. Correct. That is correct. And closer to the compressor condenser, whatever the thing that hangs from the ceiling is, is colder. Correct. It also is the more stable temperature. So if I remember my old school dough training correctly, New dough should actually be closer to the doors and old dough should be closer to the condenser because I need that dough to maintain temperature when it's older so that I don't get the crazy stuff of why does this dough still have one day to go? It's never been out of the cooler and it looks like crap. Yep. So back to our driver, Drew, you're a new delivery expert. Second day on the job, you come in from a run, I'm making pizzas and I say, Drew, go get me a tray of large dough. You, You go into the cooler. How do I make sure that you come out with the right tray of dough for me? So the, the system I found that I like the best that I think works is the uh, colored dough tray. Ah, I love it. If I have small, medium, large, extra large, I have four different colors. There's a laminated piece on the top that says, use me first, small, use me first, medium, whatever, right? And those are on the tops of the the stacks that I'm using first. I'm a person that likes environment changes. So if I have that on the inside, I actually want to color code that on the outside right by the handle. So when that driver's grabbing the handle and they're looking down at the door, they see that red is small, green is medium, blue is large, whatever the the colors are, right? Because this way they see that there, I just said, get a tray of large. They can see that there, they open the door and they go right to that colored tray and they pull however many I just asked preferably that's not even in the cooler. It's the stack outside. Yeah. If you actually follow what we're talking about in the, in the previous part about pulling the dough out and proofing it correctly, this conversation actually never happens, right? They're just getting from the stack of dough. They're actually never getting a stack of dough because when it's proofed, I'm moving it up into the production area anyway for the next three or four hours. Sure. You know, we've talked about full-fledged expectations in the past. I think to add to what you just did is you know, as you're coming in the door off a of delivery, I'm going to say, Hey, Drew, I need two trays of large dough. Look for the green cover tray, grab those three trays, put the green cover tray back to make sure that that dough is covered, and then bring me those two trays up. I'm not going to ask for three because we only carry two at a time, but uh, bring me up two trays. So I think we've got to make sure that we're giving especially our newest team members, enough information so that they can execute at the level we want. And far too often we get caught up in, they should know what the right dough is. Why should they know? I mean, how on earth would they know if it's their second, third, fourth day on the job or their third week on the job and we haven't taught them dough management? And, you know, we've both already said that dough management is a huge opportunity for improvement. If that's the case in our leadership ranks, 
then certainly we shouldn't understand our delivery experts to know which dough to get correctly. So I love the covered trays. I love something laminated on top of it that says large use first, medium use first. Make sure you tell them go in and look for the green tray, the yellow tray, the red tray, the blue tray, whatever color trays you've got. And, uh, and, and make sure you tell them to put the cover tray back on. I mean, I don't know about you, but I used to go crazy as a general manager. I'd walk into the walk-in cooler and there'd be a stack of dough uncovered and, and I'd get, I'd get really mad. And then I thought to myself, well, I didn't tell him to cover it back up. And why would he know to cover it back up? And some of you out there are saying, well, it was covered when he went in there. They should just know. Nope, they shouldn't. Don't, don't make that assumption. Give them the instruction they need. For those of you saying they should just know, let me, let me point to your prep table right now because your prep table is probably covered in employee drinks and random crap that people have just dropped there that wasn't there before because that's human nature. <laughs> like we, we are huge fans of, of just dropping stuff in places. And Sam, can we back up a second? Let's go to ideal state again. If we're following Lance's thing of, I'm going to do X today, I look at my chart and it says I need Y. For the average store, that means I'm not pulling out 75 trays of dough at a time. I'm pulling out 10 or 12, maybe four. Correct. So one, let's get the visual correct here. We're not talking a, a Drew size stack of dough. We're talking four or five trays for the next three or four hours. Because for the most part, 80% of your time, that's all you're using over three or four hours, right? Yep. Because you've got four different sizes, yada, yada, yada. So you have this little pile of dough that maybe you've even cross-stacked that so it's one stack. Fine. Whatever. Now, by the way, if you do that, put the small in the middle because it'll warm the fastest. Put the large on the bottom or the top because it'll warm the slowest. And that way the temperature is affected. But we can get to that later. If you're doing the ideal state of I'm pulling out X trays of dough and I'm sticking a, a, a stem thermometer in and the alarm goes off and I can use it now. So I move it to my front counter because it's only three or four and maybe it's a whole stack, but I just roll the whole stack right by my dough counter. This conversation of asking drivers to get dough actually changes to asking drivers to reload the proofing area, right? And now, now, now the conversation changes because I've got my dough up. And by the way, for those of you pushing speed, it means I'm not sending people to go get dough because I'm out of dough and I'm waiting a minute for a tray of dough to come up. I have it all there. I have my entire next two hours of dough right next to me. I never have to ask anyone to get me dough. All I have to do is say, hey, Sam, I just rolled this up. I got to make a couple more pizzas here in a second. Can you follow the chart and pull out just medium and large? Are you saying that speed has more to do with efficiency than actual speed? Oh, my gosh. You, you know that's correct. I know that's correct. Our listeners that are fast know that's correct. I am a huge fan of working less to make more money. That's usually how I pitch everything in the store. It's how I pitch the runner expediters, the drivers, raise your hand if you'd like to make more money and work less. I've only ever had one person say, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fine. I don't understand what you're doing here, <laughs> but I want to make things as easy as possible. If they're easy, we'll tend to do them. If they're easy and I generate a result, then I will absolutely do them. And if you follow what we're, we're saying here, the entire conversation of go get a tray of dough goes away because all of my dough is right there next to me. 
the question, the, the, the thing becomes to your point, Sam, Hey Sam, uh, the alarm went off while you're on your delivery. Can you go in the back and roll up that whole stack to me or roll up the, the large dough or whichever is over 50 degrees, roll that up to me because I'm busy. I'm making pizzas. I can't go look. It's only been five minutes. It's still okay. Maybe the alarm's still going off. You look at the driver and go, whatever alarm's going off, take the stem thermometer out and roll that stack up to me. Like it changes the way we tell our team to help us with dough. Somebody get me a tree of dough. And it, it becomes this go here, bring that and we're done. Right. So much easier. Easy's good. And I think easy will allow us to get this done and systems and processes which I know you're a big fan of, and so am I, are super important to make sure that everybody comes along for the ride and delivers exceptional Domino's experiences while making the job more fun and easier for us and more rewarding. So dough management, I'm a fan. Are you a fan? Done right. Yeah. When it's done easy. And, and I'll tell you what, it kills me that for years and years and years, that place where we started was what the training had because it's not easy and you can't expect somebody to get something done when the training has 65 steps in it that change every day. Yeah, that's for sure. And it's very, it's overwhelming. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I was working with a client that was using that sheet that you, you spoke of in pulse, the dope proofing guide. I could never wrap my head around it. And uh, I mean, I consider myself a pretty intelligent dude. I wasn't using it every day. I had two or three people explain it to me. And because I'd never had to put it into practice and I didn't get to use it, I just, it, I wasn't picking up on it. But when Lance showed me this sheet, it's like, I can do this. <laughs> this is easy. Easy is good. And then when I look at the results that he gets, easy is good. And good makes for great Domino's experiences. I mean, I think that's what they would call in the business a win-win situation. Anything else you want to hit on dough? If you don't have a system in your store today, use the one we've talked about today. If you do have a system in your store today and it works, don't change it. You're fine. But for 90% of you, you probably don't have a system. So here's one on a silver platter. All you got to do is go to either of our websites to download the spreadsheet. Yeah, it's, uh, it's easy peasy, lemon squeezy. It will make your product better. It'll make your customers happier. But again, the big thing, it's going to make your life easier. Easy is good. We like easy. And that's totally the title of this episode now, Sam. Easy is good. Yeah, I love it. All right. Should we, uh, right. Should we bring this thing in for a landing? Yep. Let's crash this boat. All right. You have been listening to episode number 47. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we'd love it. If you shared these episodes with your friends, like them, follow us, and subscribe. For those of you that haven't subscribed yet, I am willing to bribe you. We just got some fabulous Drew and Sam Talk training hat pins. If you post a picture on either of our sites, tag us. I see it. And there's also a picture of your phone that shows that you've subscribed. Uh, I'll send you a hat pin. One went out in the mail yesterday, as a matter of fact. So, uh, so do that. We'd love to get those subscriptions up. This has been episode number 47 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I'm Sam with Fowler Consulting. I'm Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. Go out, sell more pizzas, and have more fun. 
Yeah, that's all, folks.